why are we still here on this earth? There has to be a reason we're here. I found my reason. I try to focus on doing something good for Amy's kisses and to keep a positive attitude. Hi, I'm Jill Gabora, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name's Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light into the darkness to prove there is still good out there and lots of it. Are you following us on social media? Are you following me? Why not? How dare you? I'm outraged. Join us on Instagram. We are at World Gone Good Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at World Gone Good One. That's World Gone Good, followed by the number one. We will happily follow you back unless you are a bot. And if you aren't sure whether you are a bot or not, tell me right now, how many stoplights do you see? Oh, wait, you don't see any spotlights, stoplights, any kind of lights because we're a podcast. You don't see anything. Fine. Bot away then, my friend. Bot away. Today's show starts with a friendly warning. The conversation we are going to have may be triggering for some of you listening. But as always, we explore these kinds of topics to find some good. And that's what we're going to do today. To start this whole thing, we're going to look at some numbers. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner. In one year's time, this equates to more than 10 million women and men. One in four women and one in seven men have been victims to severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. On a typical day, more than 20,000 phone calls are placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. My guest today is Jill Gabora, and she knows something about this. Her sister, niece, and nephew were victims to domestic violence and lost their lives to it. What was one of the darkest chapters in Jill's life became the organization Amy's Kisses. This is how she found and helps others find the good. Well, Jill, we got to start with the obvious here. You are obviously a New Yorker or a New Jerseyer, and there's some sort of comparison to Fran Drescher that someone in your life has said to you, maybe you sound like? Many people have said that. I get many things. I'm from Philadelphia, but I do always get mistaken as being from New York. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you live now? I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, in Yardley, a far cry from New York City. It's close enough. It's the tri-state. It's just, oh, when you ever say tri-state, and I'm from the tri-state because I grew up in New Jersey, like if someone's from Delaware, they'll be like, I'm in the tri-state. I'm like, that's not, no, (laughs) that's not one of the three. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of uh, way of life, it's a far cry from the city. Right, right. I need some peace. So this is good for me. So you run an organization called Amy's Kisses. And this is an organization you started after a, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say situation. I want to say 
nightmare. Yeah. So we we do a lot of stories on here about sometimes hard issues, and this this might be one of them, but we're going to explore the good that came out of it. Do you want to give people a quick history of what happened that birthed this organization? My sister, Amy, and her two kids, Molly and Gregory, Amy was 46, Molly was 10, and Gregory was 8. They lived in Westchester County, New York, and... My sister was going through a divorce and um, put it in a nutshell, my brother-in-law wasn't happy with my sister getting full custody of the children. So his response to that was murdering all of them. He shot my niece and nephew both in bed when they were sleeping and he beat my sister with a rolling pin. And then he shot himself to death. So that's that's my story in terms of how I birthed Amy's kisses um, after that tragedy. And I had to relay the news to my parents who were in Florida at the time. My whole the, our, our whole family dynamics changed. She was my only sibling. We were intertwined between my parents and me and my four children, we were like one. So when this happened, we were torn apart. Can I ask you, were, are you the older sister or she was older? She, Amy was 22 months older than me. So we were, she was older, but I always felt like the older sister. I was very protective of my sister. How did you find out the news? My father used to call my sister at 9.30 every morning. And they didn't speak that day, but okay, that it could happen. And then usually I speak to my sister, would speak to her later in the day. And I didn't, but I didn't think anything of it. Then at like 5 o'clock, I touched base with my father. And he said, um, have you s- spoken to Amy? I'm like, you know what? I didn't. And then my daughter, who was nine at the time and best friends with my niece, Molly, told me she didn't speak to Molly. She always would speak to her after school, FaceTime or something. So I said, you know, go check again. And then the ball started rolling. We started calling her the gym where she went to in New York, um, the schools for the kids. We just, no one was giving us any information. We couldn't find anybody. So we called the Westchester County Police. They said they're going to send the Lower Makefield Police, where I live, to my house. So that was 45 minutes. And in that time, I called my sister's best friend in New York. And she ran over to the house and said, oh, I was on the phone with her, and she said, oh, my goodness, um, there's police here. The, and so as I was on the phone with her, the police took her phone, and then I didn't hear from her. So by the time the Lower Makefield police came, I was sitting in my den, and the two policemen um, told me the news. What goes through your head when you hear something like that? 
I could not believe it. They didn't have details. They, they, um, they didn't know what to say to me. And I sat there in disbelief. Um, I had two friends with me and I just turned off. It, there was no, there's no place for it. So I just, just thought about my kids who were downstairs that I had to tell my four kids and my parents. And I just turned, that was it. My life changed at that point. I just couldn't think of anything else. Or I, there, was no, there was no way to process it. Tell us about Amy. Oh, my Amy. <sighs> she was... <sighs> she was just such a kind sweet soul. I know people always say that about people who have passed, but my sister truly was like such a good person. Like her big retaliation, if someone said something was really stick out her tongue. Like she she wouldn't even know what to do because she was such a, she was so good. She really, she was very like um, gullible, naive. She was beautiful to look at and whenever you would speak about Amy you would also always have to mention how bright she was she graduated from Cornell um, top of her class she was Phi Beta Kappa which I didn't even know what that was but I'm like oh that sounds good (laughs) yeah like good for you (laughs) and then she went on to um, get her MBA from Wharton School of Business. Wow. And she worked in New York at Chase Bank and was a vice president or something there. And she was just all around fabulous. And she was my best friend. We had our sisterly annoyances, obviously, but I spoke to her every day about everything. And yeah, she was wonderful. That's my sister. And how long has it been? We just had um, our big 10-year anniversary tribute luncheon on the 17th because October 18th was marked 10 years this past, the 18th. We started Amy's Kisses nine years ago, but... They passed 10 years ago. Where did the name Amy's Kisses come from? Well, Amy, because that's my sister, even though it was all encompassing with from Molly and Gregory also. And the kisses came from when she started her SAT tutoring business. But so she had all these kids. And when they did well, Amy would toss them a candy. So that's how we got Amy's kisses. So when we make donations or give scholarships or awards or whatever we do to give back in Amy and Molly and Gregory's name, it's like our kiss to the different organizations or students or nonprofits. So, but actually the lettering the way it, we have a script for Amy's Kisses, I chose that because my sister always wore one of those 
script necklaces, you know, that said her name. Mm -hmm. So I really liked that and it always reminded me of her. So I wanted to incorporate that. So that's why our our logo is in a script to remind me of her necklace. When did you come up with the feeling or the need or the idea to create an organization on your sister's behalf? A couple months after this happened, um, I just couldn't take it anymore. My parents would come over and we couldn't talk about it. Like it was just debilitating. We couldn't talk about anything. It was really hard to function. And it was the elephant in the room. My kids were struggling. And I said, you know, we can't, this is not good for anybody to do this. We have to keep their memory alive. Um, we can't let her husband think, you know, he won. He didn't because they're going to live on and they're going to live on through doing good through, you know, our good deeds in their name. And I said, that's the only way that we're going to be able to get through this. And I called my sister's best friend from childhood, Patty Cush. They started at nursery school together and they've been, we're friends ever since. And I said, Hey, I have this idea are you on board? And she said, okay, sure. And I wanted to see if my parents were okay with it. And they said, okay, that sounds, we're, we'll do whatever you want. So I said, oh, good. Cause we have to focus all this energy into something meaningful and good in their name. And that's how we got started. So tell everybody listening what it is that the organization does specifically. Our mission, when we started, you know, this, was, this was very new to everybody. I'm a preschool teacher, so that's my focus. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to start a nonprofit. So I'm like, I guess we need like a mission. So um, I was talking to my parents and Patty. And my parents at the time, did not want to admit or focus on the domestic violence aspect of what happened because it was so new to us and out of left field um, because nothing like we had no um, indication anything was happening before this because I don't think it did. This was one and done. So they didn't want her to be remembered by those last moments. I, so I wanted to respect what they wanted and we decided to focus on a characteristic of Amy, which was education. When you think of Amy, you think of education. She was well-educated and she was starting this SAT tutoring business to help others. And I was thinking, you know, she, one of her goals was to tutor students free of charge if they couldn't afford her fees. So I took it, we took it from there. That's what we're going to focus on, helping low-income students to get a better education. And that, that's our mission. So wait, she was working at Chase in the banking world 
and then she left there and she was in education like you? She worked for Chase and when she had her children left the business world to raise her kids and stay at home. Got it. And then when they got to school age, she decided to tutor because they were, you know, it was flexible and she was so good at it. Yeah. So she was starting a business with a friend. It's interesting that you both ended up in the education world. It is. I had done it before and she was always like in this business world, but the business world, even though she had her MBA from Wharton, really didn't suit her personality. That lifestyle really wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. She was better with, with the kids too. So Amy's Kisses is a scholarship foundation, would you consider it? We do a lot of things. So that, that was our first mission. And what we do with the educational side in terms of low in, helping low-income students is we do. We give out scholarships to high schools, um, the one where she got most of her students from in New York, where Amy went to high school, the high schools around here, because I have so much support from my friends and the community around here in Bucks County. A lot of the high schools around here, we give monetary scholarships to graduating seniors who, you know, they apply, fill out an essay, you know, we choose them, they're going to college. So we give those scholarships, but we also give to high schools, we give Kindle lending libraries. So it's like we give 50 Kindles and charging stations to classes can have all the students can have the same book and be on the same page. Right. Yeah. So schools that qualify for that will do that also. We also give to the Cornell Club to sponsor in Philadelphia to sponsor a student to go to Cornell where Amy went. Students in need, if we see the need and it fits our mission, we would donate. We have another mission also. A more recent addition to our mission, we expanded our mission a couple years ago because I really wanted to touch on the domestic violence aspect of the tragedy, and I wanted to make that part of Amy's Kisses, yet be respectful of my parents and not upset them too much. So I decided to stick with the education mission and touch on domestic violence at the same time. Our first endeavor with that was we refurbished the two shelter libraries at Women Against Abuse, which is a, it's a domestic violence agency in Philadelphia. It's a fabulous organization. So we kept with our mission for education, but we refurbished the libraries in their two shelters. That's how we got started into the domestic violence education and prevention aspect of Amy's Kisses. We also donated to um, the Laurel House computer, a computer um, for a, a student who's in their shelter, who, I don't know how to say this nicely, um, who came to stay because the mother had to escape her situation. 
And we also gave to a woman's place, which is a domestic violence agency in Bucks County. For two years, we printed all of their materials for their community education program. They go into schools um, starting, I think, at fourth grade, and they teach about healthy relationships. So we printed all their materials for two years. You've said something a few times that I want to ask you about. You've said a few times, you've caught yourself and said, how do I say this nicely? Is, is being nice and kind important to you? I know that sounds like a dumb question, but for someone who went through what you've gone through, it would be completely understood if you didn't want to be nice and kind. You're sweet. Um, well, it's not going to do any good to not be nice and kind because I don't, and I am very sensitive because I wouldn't want anyone else to be upset about the subject matter. I, I feel like I don't want my kids to be angry because they have their whole lives ahead of them. So I want them to be kind and not vindictive or hostile because of our situation and what they were faced with at a young age. So I want everyone to be kind and be nice to others. Um, I, I tell them you have to wake up every day and realize why you were put here. Why are we still here on this earth? What, it, what do we have to do? There has to be a reason we're here. So I feel like this, I found my reason. So every day I try to focus on doing something good for Amy's kisses, even if it's something little to get something done for that, you know, to be good to the kids. I'm a preschool teacher. I feel it's important to them for them to have a positive attitude, the three and four year olds that I'm with every day and to keep a positive attitude. So yes, we, we try to be kind. Here's a question that's again on that line. Does this get easier for you? Has life smoothed itself out? I, I, it sounds harsh when I say that, so I don't want to be harsh, but you get what I'm saying. I do. I do. And that's not harsh. Um, I like to be honest around here. <laughs> so does it get easier? It gets different. It's not... I know from my parents, since it's I'm as close as could be because it's my sister and we're all intertwined, it definitely does not get easier for them. This does help them because it gives them something else to focus on if they let themselves, but they couldn't even come to the luncheon for their 10, the 10 year anniversary because they just, even if we kept it positive, but they couldn't, it's just too much for them. I don't let myself go there all the time because if I do, it would be hard to get out of bed. So I don't know if it's easier, but you do what you have to do to be productive and positive. And I have to be there for my four kids and be a role model for them. But I, I really don't think it gets easier. It just gets different. There's never a place for it at all. There's nowhere to put it. It was not anywhere on our radar screen. 
and it doesn't fit anywhere. So I wouldn't say easier. But Amy's Kisses is a good way to try to heal by seeing how you affect someone else and make their life a little easier. How many scholarships um, have you given out and how many scholarships, is there an amount that you give out per year or it just depends? I read the essays and decide. So it could be two per school, um, one, three. It, it all depends on the content of the essay. Um, but so far for our educational scholarships and their resources with the Kindles and everything that we've done up until this point, we've donated approximately $180,000 worth of materials and scholarships. Wow. Yeah, I, I figured that out for our luncheon because I wanted to announce it because everyone who donates, I'm so thankful for anything, any amount that anyone donates. It's like coming from the heart and that's what we're all about. We're always going to be doing this. I'm always going to do this. I want my kids to carry it on. I think they they want to. Because if we do, if you do one thing per year, it's better than not doing it. And it still affects someone. So we want to do more. But even if you don't, you're still helping somebody. In terms of the domestic violence education and prevention materials, that's only, it's been since, you know, just a couple years ago, we've donated a little over $20,000. We're always going to donate to our core group of high school graduating seniors, which is about five high schools. Just depends on the amount we give each. Speaking of which, how can anyone listen, support your organization? Where do they go? What do they do? This is your chance to plug. Oh, oh I'm plugging. <laughs> org. There's a donate button. Feel free. You can mail us a check if you'd like to do that. We, we don't care. Just can do whatever, whatever's easiest for you. And you're a 501c3, which means it's tax deductible. Exactly. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. You can visit our website, see what we've done. And move. you can see moving forward now, since the money we raised from the luncheon, our project This is the first thing I wanted to do something tangible for Amy's kisses in terms of domestic violence prevention. And we're going to start a book series starting at the preschool age, because I feel that's where it's start young because they absorb everything. And it's going to be focused on the 10 signs of a healthy relationship. Eventually we'll be able to distribute those to preschools, nonprofits, anywhere where there's kids and we can start teaching our youngest minds right from wrong, good from bad, and how to have a healthy relationship. Your sister and your niece and your nephew are very proud of you. I hope they're in a better place because of all the good deeds that we're doing in their name. We end these shows with two questions. They can go back to anything we've talked about or anything you want to say. Question number one, who inspires you? Who inspires me? That's a good one. 
I, I would have to say my parents. My parents inspire me because I see I see the turmoil within them every day, and they still get up and get dressed and try to make the most of their day and stay positive. So they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, and so they inspire me. And the final question is, again, can go back to anything you want to talk about or anything you just want to say. It's really simple. It's not even a question. It's just a statement that you get to finish. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'll tell you something good. All of my kids are in a good place and they're thriving. That's what's on my mind now. They've all been through... Rocky Roads, and I can just say recently, I feel like everyone's doing well. Poo, poo, poo. I don't want to jinx it, but that's really good. That's our good around here. Thank you, Jill, for sharing your good. Visit Amy's Kisses and support this incredible organization. A special shout out to my pal, Amy Pitta who hooked me up with them for this show. And please know if you are in need of help yourself, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. Help is out there. Next time on World Gone Good. It just seemed natural that farmed animals should be our focus. That's the group of animals about whom everybody forgets. There are loads of uh, dog and cat rescues, there's equine rescues, there's exotics, the big cats, but farmed animal rescues, not so much. Those are the animals who are among the most exploited on our planet. Erin Ammerman told her husband she wanted to open a sanctuary for cows, and he shrugged and said, okay, so (laughs) they did. And before they knew it, they had pigs and cats and chickens and some cows. Well, not just some cows, the most cows of any farm sanctuary in the nation. This is her good story of Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary. I can't wait to share it with you. Until then, be good.